Thanks for joining us today on Open the Word with Circle of Friends. I'm Missy. I'm Beth. And I'm Gwen. And we're delighted to have you listeners with us today. Ladies, we've talked about going to First Peter, and I always say it's always a good time to go to First Peter. I know we've been there many, many times before, but right? I mean, you could read the same passage again and again and again, and I think uh, sometimes you can walk away from it, come back and go, what, wait, when did they put that in there? (laughs) I've, I've not seen that before. Well, Obviously is it because in different seasons of yes. life, we need different um, garments? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you think about the spring rains and you want that umbrella and that raincoat and those boots, but summertime, yeah. you want to get rid of all of that. Well, mm-hmm. First Peter, I think depending on which season you are in, whether you're feeling like the sun is shining and you just want to, oh, Lord, yeah, enjoy every day and invite people into your world. It hits you there. It tells you how to invite people into this place. But when you are the one that feels like the storm has landed over you mm-hmm. and it's just pouring down and you're not sure the umbrella is going to withstand, First Peter reminds us how to live life in those places that um, suffering is second by second. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I always say that's why it's called perseverance, right? Because right. if something is over quickly, you, you don't have to persevere. Mm-hmm. You Maybe you have to be patient or last through it, but perseverance, it's, it's something that's ongoing mm-hmm. and does not seem to have an end. That's mm-hmm. when you're persevering, right? Yeah. Correct. And I, I often think, uh, yeah, let's look at First Peter. Uh, have you been rejoicing in all the troubles and trials that have come your way? Uh, how you doing on that, ladies? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I am, I am getting quicker. I will say hmm. it's taken me decades. I'm getting quicker to take my tears to the Lord and then say, "But Lord, I know that yeah. none of this takes you by surprise, and you are at yeah. work even when my heart is breaking. So am I rejoicing immediately? No, I can't say that the moment that hard thing comes at me that I am saying, woohoo, here we go. Yeah. But yeah. I am saying it is a, a quicker response yeah. than I did in, in my youthful years. So Gwen, I'm looking at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Take us in the who, what, when, where, why. We know it's okay. Peter, okay. and we know that so many of us can you. relate to Peter because he suffering, trials, hardship. Yeah, he's also impetuous. The first to put his foot in his mouth. Yes, yes. Uh, fumbled, fumbled a little bit, and fa- and failed obviously. But he was so honest with his feelings before the Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was willing to say it. Yeah. Even even when Jesus was like, uh, yeah, uh, hello, we're going to keep talking about this. He also <laughs> was one of the first disciples to recognize the Lord's lordship. Right. Yeah. I mean, recognize Christ for who he was. Yeah, exactly. So at the same time, you know, he he's got some amazing zeal and um, fortitude. And this is actually catching Peter at the end of his life. Yeah. Um, and so these are the last two books that they believe he wrote, First and Second Peter, and they would have been written within a couple of years of one another. Mm-hmm. In between First Peter and Second Peter, um, Rome would have burnt, and uh, Nero, who was mm. the emperor, um, blamed Christians for it to cover oh, for right. himself. Um, he was, I heard one resource said he was a frustrated architect. Hmm. He had gone to the Roman 
Senate and had asked for permission to build, and they had said no. And so he set fire to Rome, is what he did. Mm-hmm. And to cover up for himself, this is Nero to save face, about, Nero, right? yes, mm-hmm. um, he blamed the Christians and then went on a rampage, um, pers- you know, persecuting the church and killing people left and right. Um, and so you had the beginning of things like um, him dipping people in um, tar mm-hmm. and skewering them and lighting them up. And, you know, just all kinds of of awful tortures. Um, You didn't have the Colosseum yet because that wasn't built for a couple more years. But um, basically the precedence for the Colosseum in Rome was set through Nero and what he did. And then the the emperor that followed, Demetrian, he continued in the same light. And so basically during Nero's reign, well, his rampage after the fire... Um, we lost, the, the church lost both Paul and Peter mm-hmm. in that for crucifixion. So um, they were both martyred in Nero's revenge on the Christians, so to speak. And so basically this happens right before that. And if you have to, you know, see anything, there's a little bit of prophet, prophetic word in here when he talks about do not be surprised at the fiery trial Mm -hmm. that will come, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's exactly what does come to Rome. Now, these people are not in Rome, okay? They are actually in modern-day Turkey uh, in towns of, you can see them in verse 1, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, um, who are chosen. Now, the interesting thing about this is that... um, Galatia, we have the book of Galatians, was written to the church at Galatia. Now, Bithynia, I don't know if you remember this, but when we did the episode on 1 Corinthians, um, Paul, before he went over to Macedonia, had been wanting to go north into Bithynia from this area, okay? And it would have been north above Turkey going up to the Black Sea. And the Lord stood in his way and said, no. And then he had the vision of the man from Macedonia. And so he heads, at that point, he heads west to Macedonia, pretty hardcore. Um, So he hooks, like, basically a hard right, or or, sorry, hard left, and goes towards uh, Macedonia. And from Macedonia, he goes into Berea and then down into, eventually, first. Uh, Corinth. Mm -hmm. And he's in Corinth for a year and a half. We know he's in Corinth at 52. So these are the, the, that's the area that we're talking about, though, is over in Bithynia and Galatia, um, which would have been straight north of um, kind of the the sweep of the Mediterranean. Um, It curves up and then to the left. And if you would have followed the edge of the coastline, you end up in Turkey and all of this region. So that's kind of where these are from. Um, Now, they scattered there after the persecution of the Jews and Herod, um, King Herod, uh, the Herod that was on the throne at that time, launched a persecution of them and along with the Jews. And so that happened right at the beginning of like Acts, like towards Mm -hmm. probably seven, chapter seven or so, um, where you get that. And that kicked off from Stephen the death of and martyring of Stephen. And so that kicked off, and Saul was responsible for a large chunk of that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he had done is he asked for permission from the Jewish Sanhedrin to head towards this area to persecute. 
And so when he was on his way to this area, he um, had an encounter on the road to Damascus Mm -hmm. and comes to know Christ. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of gives you a background of this. But the believers that ended up in this area were scattered from that original persecution that broke out after Stephen. Um, and so this this first Peter would have been before the temple in Rome was um, destroyed. And actually, first and second Peter both were, because that was not destroyed until 70. Um, they think Peter died around 68, 65 to 68, somewhere in there. Boy, I hope listeners that really just wow. just lights your fire to know the background, the context, the history, because doesn't that just make it alive? I mean, I just flipped yes, back to my does. Bible and looked at the at the map and I'm like, oh yeah, this makes so much sense. Because a lot of times you can read those words, well, I don't know where in the I don't mm-hmm. know where they are, so they don't really mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. But when you have some background, and the more you build on it, the more you understand, the more you know, because it's all connected. But uh, thank you for that awesome you're, you're recap welcome. of just historically where this book is coming from. I think that's amazing when you go to read the book to have that. And listeners, I'll just tell you, check out Faith Foundations on our podcast on Wednesdays. Gwen has gone through every book in the Bible and gives some great insights and background uh as well as the who what when where of the book and all of those things so uh you had a little taste if you've never heard a podcast (laughs) that's some of what what Gwen has has brought to us and we're very very thankful for that it's uh I produced that podcast I'll tell you that I get caught unaware because I'm I'm scribbling and writing in my bible trying Mm -hmm. to keep up with her her teaching so it's it's well 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 worth it Mm -hmm. so that what a what a great intro into what he says. I'm just going to just start reading in verse in verse 3. It says praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, in that inheritance, uh, in that faith, in in that salvation, (laughs) in this, verse 6 says, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may be proven genuine genuine, and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Christ Jesus is revealed. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, that, yeah. that verse, that verse, and it makes me yeah. think of, you know, the refiner's fire, how gold was put into the fi- fire so the dross would come off and, and the gold would be refined to its most brilliance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what trials do. And the other part of that is that you knew it was done when the metal smith could see his reflection yes. unblemished mm-hmm. in the surface. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Yeah. Does that not put a whole new light on struggles and trials and things that we have to go through? That's yeah. what we're rejoicing in, right? What God does through the trial, if we allow him, if we yield to him, if mm-hmm. we submit to him, and allow him to do the work that he wants to do. He wants to see his reflection of himself in us so that we shine out to other people. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, I don't know about you, but but some of the most powerful testimonies are, are from people who I think, I don't, I don't know how you even survive that. And you're glowing, you're 
rejoicing in the Lord. That's amazing. I want to know more. You know what I'm saying? It's more powerful. I agree wholeheartedly. There's a, oh, I hate to word, use the word gift in it, but there's a gift that yeah. comes in the midst of this. If, if, yes, there's that big word, if we're willing to trust God through the process. Yeah, there are gems, there are jewels, mm-hmm. they, ah. that, there are gifts. I, I absolutely agree, Beth. And, I, and that's not to say that trials aren't difficult, struggles and challenges aren't hard, that there isn't heartache, that it, that, that even for me, there are things that I go, I don't understand, I don't understand, and I, maybe I never will. Mm-hmm. But if, if I continue to focus on God and allow him to do what he wants in my life, what he gives in return is pri- it's so priceless. Mm-hmm. It's so priceless. I, and I know we've said this before. There are things in my life I would never wish on another living soul. And you'd really rather not go through them again. Right. And sometimes it's even hard to revisit. But when I think of what God has done through it, no. That, that I hope, like I want to just cling to that and say, no, you can't take that from me. That's yeah. mine. That's mine. The Missy that we know today, yeah. the Gwen that we know today, yeah. the Beth that you know today is due yeah. in part to those hard places where God's faithfulness is what brought us through. Didn't I didn't say it made it easy. Mm. I said it brought us through. I go back to verse 6. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary. So you have been grieved by various trials, right? So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Glory, praise, and honor. Guys, that's worship. Mm -hmm. We will fall on our knees. And then verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation Mm -hmm. of your souls. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of things on this. Um, the The one is that there's a crescendo in this, and it's in chapter 2, and it's verses like 1 through 8 where it talks about living stones. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to read verse 4, and I want you, I'm going to compare something for just a minute because this is, this is something that hit me. Um, Coming to him as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. All right, so you have an, kind of a, um, an oxymoron here. You have something that's been rejected, but it's choice and precious. Look at how this book opens. To those who reside as aliens scattered throughout. Okay, the wording on this in another translation is exiles, that you are exiles. And the the idea is you've been rejected, you've been kicked right. out, mm-hmm. but yet, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus and be sprinkled with his blood. And then they're told that they are precious. They've been given a precious inheritance. It's exactly like Christ is described here. They've been rejected by men, but yet they are choice and precious. They are chosen. Yeah, and that's in verse 1, um, who are chosen. So they are, a- they are aliens that are chosen. 
And and so those two words and how it just mirrors their savior. Um, And so, you know, I just had to ask myself, like, if I were them and I'd been scattered and I was away from the temple and I was away from my family, because in in Jerusalem, how a lot of it worked is your family plot stayed in your family. Mm -hmm. And so if you had to scatter, you lost all of that. You lost any wealth that was attached to that. And depending on how far you had to flee and a family that left behind had to basically cut you off because of persecution. You know, if they claimed ownership to you or anything, they could face massive amounts of it too. So odds are these people had lost their entire family coming to Christ. And then with persecution, they had lost their land, property, um, any family that had held on to them, they lost those too. Um, And so they end up in this foreign place with these foreign people who have all of these weird habits and who have all of this foreign God worship going on all around them. And so in the midst of that, they're scattered, but they're chosen. Hmm. And they're chosen for the journey that they're chosen. And so this sense of God's um, providence going before them through all of this, allowing them to end up where they've ended up along the way. Mm -hmm. You know, that sense of just bringing purpose to suffering, to their life, recognizing all of that. Mm -hmm. Anyway. I was recently introduced to the 1828 version of Webster's Dictionary. Oh, Isn't that cool? Nice. Um, I mean, I guess it's very, very rare to find a hard copy. But, of course, you can turn to it on your phone, on the internet, where whatever you have in your hand. And I always think of First Peter as being that letter to remind us to, to persevere, mm-hmm. right? What What is perseverance? Well, let's look at that just as you just explained. These were the exiles. They had been kicked out, and yet they're living stones, a holy people, um, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. So f- let's fast forward to today, right? Uh, the church. Mm-hmm. Are we feeling a little rejected by man? Are, are we coming back to his word to give us the, the, the refuge, the shield, the strength, the hope that we need? Perseverance doesn't mean, hey, you're out on a beautiful, sunshiny day and you're going to take a nice long walk and hey, when you get back, you persevered. Good job. Here's some lemonade. This perseverance was you, you're, you're out. You, you are not accepted. You're rejected. You, you may not have a pillow to, to put your head on tonight or a bed to sleep in, but you're standing tall. You're persevering because of the person that you have put your faith and trust in. So the 1828 Webster's definition of perseverance says, persistence in anything undertaken, continued pursuit of prosecution of any business or enterprise begun, applied alike to good or evil. So there is perseverance in evil too. Yeah, in evil too. So perseverance, it says, keeps honor bright. Remember, this was in 1828. Patience and perseverance overcome the greatest difficulties. And then it says in theology, continuance in a state of grace to a state of glory, sometimes called final perseverance. Hmm. continuance in a state of grace to a state of glory. That pretty much describes mm. life in Christ. Mm-hmm. Why Why are we here? Because of that grace. Mm-hmm. And 
why do we continue on? Oh, to see his glory, to see him, and to bring people with us. Persevere, persevere. Just as Peter writes to us here in in 1 Peter, um, we continue on not because of who we are, but because of who he is and what he's done for us. If we jump back to chapter 1, that verse 13 is telling us about that call on our lives to be holy. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Mm. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, ah, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that... Your faith and hope are in God. I just love these reminders here that Peter gives us. This is why you do what you do. Mm -hmm. This is who you are. Mm -hmm. Walk in it. You're his kids. Walk in obedience. He's holy. Reflect his image. So if we keep going there in, in chapter 1, Peter says, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Can we just stop right there hmm. and sit in verse 22 of chapter 1 of First Peter for a minute? <laughs> sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Huh. Kind of think I should go back to uh, Webster 1828 for that word earnestly. I wonder if that definition has changed through the years. And yes, it's true. Webster's 1828, the definitions, not all the ones you'll find in the most current Webster's dictionary are what they were in 1828. So earnestly, it's, it's an adverb, warmly, zealously, eagerly with real desire, earnestly. That's how we are to love our brothers, warmly, zealously. Are we doing it? Am I doing it? Think of our brothers here in, in your little corner of the world. And I'm not talking about the people we share blood with. Uh, you know, family... Family takes on a, a whole different look when you're in the body of Christ. I'm talking about your brothers and sisters and beyond. How about your future brothers and sisters? Are you loving well? Are you reflecting the glory mm -hmm. of God as you're doing life here on this earth? You know, I, I, I was listening to a, a message recently, and, um, and it's something that I've, I've thought of before, but it, it was brought out again in, in the message of, 
just the recognition of the amazing thing that God has given us in in we are his temple we walk around with God inside of us and that means Beth you walk around with God inside of you and Gwen you walk around. our brothers and sisters especially we should recognize that in one another and and what that means and what that looks like and how amazing that is. And, and even those who don't know Christ have the opportunity to have God inside of them. And we want that for everyone. Uh, I think we can get caught up in the, in the here and now and circumstance and frustration and anger and day-to-day living where we, we rub up against one another because we're people and we all have, you know, we all have sinned. <laughs> you know, we all have our personalities. We all have our quirks. We all have our baggage. We all have those moments when we're not at our best. So when we bump into one another, it, it, it's up to me, you know, to examine myself and make sure that I'm recognizing Christ in them mm-hmm. or the possibility if they don't have Christ in them that God wants to live in them. You know, that's an opportunity for them, regardless of what they've mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us have sinned. We're all, mm-hmm. we, we, we're all in the same boat. So it, to me, a lot of it is perspective. And if we're not careful, what we do is we get caught up, for me, and this, this, is, this is my confession, you know, you get caught up in the day-to-day life and everything revolves around you and what you do. And, and the minute you forget to take your eyes off yourself and look first of all to him and then at other people the way he sees them. That's that's where I go off track. Mm-hmm. And I have to stop and say, oh, but that's either, that's a child of God, that's my brother or sister, or oh, that's someone whom God loves and died mm-hmm. for and wants to be, my, you know, he wants them to be my brother or sister, mm-hmm. right? That's someone that was created in his image. Yes. Because we all were created yes. in his image. I, I think your analogy of, of uh, bumping up against someone is such a reminder to all of us because when you bump into something, what's in your hands or what's in you spills out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And when we bump up against the brothers and sisters of this world, let's just call it God's other kids, right? Um, what's spilling out of us? Are, are we reflecting his glory? Because I do know that when I abide, when I dwell, mm. when I get bumped, I have a different response than when I'm um, just thinking about me. Mm-hmm. The word tells us, oh, I, you know, John 15 says, uh, I am the vine, you're the branches, abide in me. Abide in me. This is how we produce the fruit. As I look at the words of Peter here, I have to come back to, okay, he's talking to the exiles. Are we exiles? Well, we, we are. We are strangers. We are, we are aliens in this world. But I don't know if anyone in the sound of our voices is truly being exiled, has been forced from their homes. Um, if you have... Boy, we, we have verses here in First Peter and Second Peter that we want to continue to offer up for you because they will help you persevere in these times of troubles. But let's just talk to us right here, right today, before we end our time together. How are we doing living life here, not as um, 
This is my planet and I own it and you better do what I want you to do in my space and my time. But as exiles, as aliens, as children of our gracious Heavenly Father who know the truth of God's word and who have received the person of Jesus as our Lord and Savior, how are we doing when we get bumped? Are we responding with the love that we are called offer, commanded to offer. We are commanded to love. We are commanded to forgive. I don't know that we're commanded to trust. We so are commanded to walk in righteousness no we, matter what. That's exactly right. How are we doing? How are we doing living out life here in this fallen world, knowing that um, all of this, we're to put away all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, and we instead are to live in light of whose we are and the life that we are called to live here on this earth for such a time as this. Mm. Oh, open the word. Go to First Peter, Second Peter, the whole yeah. thing. Open the word. Don't take our word for it. Open the word and allow it to fill you so that when you get bumped today, and there's a really good chance that you're <laughs> going to get bumped today, it is truth and grace that spills out. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia Style Boutique for your perfect outfit, everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.